taking it. Here's Manchester United through Rashford. Luke Shaw! Oh, he scored! A collector's item from Luke Shaw! Delight for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. A sucker punch on the counter-attack by Manchester United, who all of a sudden... On this episode of PL and PJ's, awful at Anfield, and irons inching up. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And Jake, that dress code is jammies and swim trunks for one more episode. I mean, this week's episode. I am still clad in beach attire, which I, you know, I. Mm-hmm. you're going to be upset that you're not here and doing it as well. Sure. But you have to be happy for me that I'm getting to enjoy this. And Any sunburns or you keep in tan? Ooh, I'm sticking strict to a SPF 50 lifestyle, so nice. no burns, trying to bronze as much as possible, but at the same time, really just trying not to burn because I have a chronic issue with that. I was going to say, for your Alaskan complexion, you, you do get a pretty good tan going, Brent. No, I do. Um, it must be the French skin, you know, oh, the French heritage. Yeah, definitely. Creeping its way back up. Well, Brent, we had uh, some games this past match week and uh, some uh, interesting we? results, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I didn't get to watch a lot of them because they were all so early in the morning for me. Sure, know, I, yeah. Um, I mean, three hours back past Colorado time, normal wake-up, and five mm-hmm. hours past Eastern time. So it was, they were early, but I was still able to watch highlights, still able to get some recaps. So I'm going to start from Tuesday, March 2nd, when Man City beat Wolves 4-1. to one. After that, on Wednesday, March 3rd, Burnley and Leicester drew 1-1. Sheffield beat Aston Villa 1-0. Surprise. Crystal Palace and Manchester United had a stalemate 0-0, which, as you pointed out, there's no greater relationship than Manchester United and 0-0 <laughs> draws. <clears throat> After that, Thursday, March 4th, Spurs beat Fulham 1-0. Everton beat West Brom 1-0. And Chelsea beat Liverpool 1-0. So a day full of 1-0 results. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, the away team won all of those games. 1-0. Th- that is a little fun fact, Brent. Thank you for that. Isn't that fun? You know mm-hmm. how much I love those kinds of stats. I, I, I know. Then on s- Oh, excuse me, Jake. I'm still going. On Saturday, March 6th, Burnley, Arsenal, a 1-1 draw. Southampton beat Sheffield 2-0. Wolves and Aston Villa drew 0-0. And Leicester beat Brighton 2-1. On Sunday, March 7th, West Brom and Newcastle, a 0-0 draw. Fulham beat Liverpool 1-0 at Anfield. Manchester United beat Man City 2-0 at the Etihad to stop Manchester City's winning run at 21 games. And Spurs beat Crystal Palace 4-1 in a game that makes you think, dang, is Gareth Bale really back? And honestly, I hope so. Me, me too, man. Me too. 
Yeah, no, I thought you might. And then lastly, on Monday, March 8th, Chelsea beat Everton 2-0 and West Ham beat Leeds 2-0. So a couple 2-0 victories to end the week as we're getting ready to go into the next match week. And Jake, I will say this was one of even though I didn't get to watch as many games as I would have liked, mm-hmm. this was one of my favorite match weeks of the season. And I'm saying that purely because so few draws. There were a lot of very, I mean, just solid results. You know, wins that make things more exciting. A lot of goals scored. It was good. We haven't had one of those since the start of the season when teams were all over the place scoring goals. Yeah, and uh, there were some um, surprising results. Obviously, Sheffield got another victory um, with 10 men against uh, Aston Villa. Um, And then that uh, Liverpool result, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, mm-hmm. Definitely shocked the Premier League. And then here, Manchester United. Obviously, uh, the history last two years, not that surprising. But um, based on form and uh, where everyone's at, kind of surprising. I agree. And, um, Jake, it was equally surprising for us in our fantasy, where we have not performed great so far. We have right. 40 points so far with some players with double games. 45 is the average right now, but we have McCarthy and goal got zero in the first match week, but still has to play Man City in his next game because he didn't play. Then after that, Cancelo and Diaz, both with one point against Manchester United, but still have to play Southampton. We started Bednarek over Walker-Peters. Walker-Peters ended up with seven points, Bednarek six, both still to play Man City. We left Cresswell on the bench, who got uh, 12 points. We left Fabianski on the bench from goal, who got 6 points. Grealish, we started, got 0 because he didn't play. It was really all over the place for us. So hopefully, Cancelo Diaz, McCarthy, and Bednarek can save our fantasy week. Yeah, um, tough scenes because I'd say um, other Manchester United players were stepping up and other Spurs players were stepping up other than... Son, Bruno, and Rashford, right. who we were counting on to get all of our points. Um, for which, sure. Good signs for the for those teams, though, just in general, that their main players, you know, kind of yeah. dishing off responsibility. Especially, I feel like Manchester United, they have a the secondary players. I don't get mo- most of the headlines usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, stepping up, especially the outside backs. I'd say Luke Shaw and Aaron Wambasaka having some great weeks. No, I tend to agree with you, Jake. But what I will say is that you mentioning other Manchester United players actually gives a perfect transition into our team of the week if you want to take reins at the first spot. Brent, I, I will uh, take reins for the, this team of the week. Um, formerly sponsored by Coors Seltzer. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, moving on. Uh, our team of the week, um, it's got a couple... United players, got some Tottenham players, so we, we love to see it. I'll start us off with our, our keeper for our team of the week, uh, Dean Henderson for United. Six saves and a clean sheet, and you love to see that against uh, their rivals. Um, oh, yeah. Could oh, yeah. not ask for much more. And moving on to our defense, we have Luke Shaw, also of your Manchester United, with a goal, mm-hmm. great goal. Um, he, he did that pretty much all by himself. Uh, took that ball off the chest around midfield oh, yeah. and brought it all the way up, and the 1-2 with Rashford and a good move to score. Uh, well, and a Dean Henderson hockey assist as well. Exactly, <laughs> the hockey assist. You got to count it. Um, a key pass and a tackle to go along with that. And um, moving on, we have two Fulham uh, center backs, I believe. Uh, Anderson yeah. 
first with four interceptions, two tackles, six clearances, and a key pass. So just an all-around great game, and he looked like he was kind of in control of that uh, back line for Fulham against Liverpool where they had a famous victory 1-0. But his uh, center back mate, I'm going to try my best here, Adorabayo uh, had 18 clearances and another key pass to go with it. And finally, concluding our defense, we have Townsend of West Bromwich Albion with five key passes, four interceptions, three tackles, and three clearances. Another well-rounded game, uh, similar to that of Anderson's, and you, you just he has to be included when you look so sure in the back and very well-rounded as a defender. Jake, I agree with you, but as knowing you, knowing when you play, you like to sometimes be a left back for a team. I'm going to add you to the team of the week purely for that pronunciation of the Fulham center back because wow. I don't think I would have been able to handle that. Yeah. Is, is, um, that, is that my first appointment to the team of the week? I think so. You didn't have any stats outside of that, but just one great pronunciation I think has earned <laughs> you a spot, and gotcha. I'm very proud of you for that. Thank you. However, you didn't make it into the midfield, which consists of Stuart Armstrong, who had an assist, four key passes, five tackles, and three interceptions. That is one of the most well-rounded stat lines you can ask for from a center-attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. and frankly, good for him, and good for Southampton. After that, we have Jorginho of Chelsea, but specifically from the Everton result with a goal, three tackles, and two interceptions, but also played great in the Liverpool game as well. He sure did. And after that, we have... Oh, no, he absolutely did. After that, we have Mares, not from the Manchester United game, but the game before, he had a goal, three key passes, and five dribbles, and frankly, I mean, maybe his stats didn't represent just how well he did, but... In that game against Wolves, he was very influential, always seemed to be in the middle of everything Man City were doing, and looked great on the ball. Up front, we have two players. What I like is that you read two players from United. I'm going to read two players from Spurs. Gareth Bale, two goals and four key passes. Good for him against Crystal (laughs) Palace. But the other two goals in that game for Spurs were scored by Harry Kane, who had two goals two assists, and three key passes, and, according to whoscored.com, was a perfect 10 rating in that game, which does not happen very often. And I, I don't want to throw a specific number on the amount of times that it's happened, but very few players actually receive a perfect 10 rating, and Harry Kane was one of them. After that, we have Gabriel Jesus, who had two goals and two key passes and one dribble against Wolves. So... Jake, a well-rounded team. Again, this is the kind of team where you think, okay, maybe the defense is lacking, but the rest of the team, you'll love to see it. They they would be a very potent team going forward, I think. Oh, yeah. Very, very dangerous uh, in attack and just possession in the midfield, actually, looking at that at midfield we've got going. So, um, no, I agree. But, Jake, I just wanted to say, you know who hasn't looked very potent in attack or has had control of the midfield recently? Who, Brent? It's been the Reds of Liverpool. They have been terrible. Maybe even awful. <laughs> I was going to say, dare Anfield. I say awful at Anfield? <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to it. I beat you to it. But, Jake, they have lost six in a row at home. Yeah. Not including uh, some other poor results at home. They lost in the FA Cup to Manchester United. Liverpool are struggling for form. And it just makes you wonder, Jake, will they turn it around? 
what's going wrong? Is Klopp in danger? And you don't have to answer all of these at the same time, but more importantly, with Anfield specifically, do you think a lack of fans is having an influence on their form at home? Uh, Brent, I, I will say yes to that last question. Obviously, you just asked me three or four. Uh, but yes, I do think that the lack of fans at Anfield are really kind of taking the energy out of that Liverpool team that we usually see so dominant in the Premier League. Um, And last year, what, they won by, like, 20 points or something crazy. So it was, I mean, unrecognizable is what I would say about this team this season at Anfield compared to last year. And I I will say that's partially because there's no fans, but also we've talked about it before and it's been in the media for the entire season. It's some of the injury problems they've had at the back, and that's what they've really prided themselves on is that defense – and everything starts from the back with that team. Um, but yeah, Brent, definitely a big part of that is is the fans. Jake, here's the thing. I, I tend to agree with you. But what yeah. I will say is, injuries aside, Liverpool still have a very strong team. And what concerns me more than anything else is not necessarily the fact that they've lost so many at home. This season, I mean, at the end of the day, four years without a loss, it was always going to happen eventually. It's more sure. the teams that they're struggling against to lose to Fulham at home. I mean, they, they've also lost to Chelsea. They've lost to Everton. They've lost to City, sure. But to lose to Brighton as well and Burnley, it, that that is what surprised me. And before that, a draw against Manchester United at home where... Maybe before they wouldn't have settled for that. The game before that, a draw against West Brom at home. Their last win at home was actually, I believe, against Spurs. So they are really struggling for form at Anfield. And and like I said, it's not so much that they're losing. It's the teams that they're consistently losing to at home that is concerning. And as you pointed out before we actually started this podcast... The substitution of Mohamed Salah, do you see anything in that, or do you think Klopp was just trying to mix it up because the team has looked so uninspired? Uh, I wouldn't read too much into that substitution. Uh, I think Diogo Jota just coming back from injury, um, and we saw what he can do um, with that Liverpool team before that injury in December. But uh, I just... I I don't think it should have been Salah to, to be replaced. I think... I would like to see what he, both of those players on the pitch at the same time could have done and maybe could have inspired some sort of comeback. No, I, and I tend to agree with you, absolutely. And I would kind of touched on it before, Jake, but I'm going to bring it back now. Do you think Klopp is under pressure? I will say the Germany head coaching position is coming up. Uh, Joachim Löw is leaving uh, after the Euros which possibly Jurgen Klopp is a German, could mean he might be on the way. He just actually had an interview about this saying that he's not interested. But if results continue the way that they are, do you think Liverpool get rid of Jurgen Klopp? Well, Brent, uh, I I was going to mention that interview uh, that happened today on Tuesday. Uh, He said, no, like I'm not going to be considered for the job. I have three more years left of my contract. He is, however, second favorite um, in the sports books uh, to, to be the next Germany head coach. Um, 
that obviously would only come if he was sacked by Liverpool. He would definitely not leave this Liverpool team willingly right. to go to that uh, Germany head coaching job. Um, but we, we saw it, obviously, different history and different team altogether. We saw it with Leicester um, after their title-winning season um, when they had a poor performance and they sacked Claudio Ranieri. Um, and, I mean, obviously different times and uh, a little different timeline altogether. But there are similarities there, and I, I don't think Klopp is really in danger. I think the fans are still behind him. Everyone really loves him at that club. And I think he's going to have at least the first half of next season to prove that they're still um, a top-four team before he uh, he gets you know the boot. No, and Jake, I tend to agree with you. And to add to your list, I mean, you can look at really any Chelsea manager, Antonio right. Conte, you know, Goose Hindick or Hindenick or however you say his name, mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho. I mean, it happens a lot that coaches, it's almost as if they set their expectations for the team too high from winning the league, sure. and then the team underperforms or performs how maybe they were before. Or in Liverpool's case, with injuries, obviously the results were always going to suffer, but... It seems to be almost a rotation, uh, a cycle, if you will. And, and with that cycle, Jake, there are ups and downs. Do you think Liverpool's fortunes change anytime soon? <sighs> Brent, I, for the past couple of weeks, I believe, in my pick I've been saying, well, this is where Liverpool turn it around. They have all the sure. parts right now. Um, you know, they had the injuries like we mentioned, but th- those backups are just as good as any other players in the Premier League in their respective positions. Um, I think they have all the parts. I, I just, maybe it's the energy, the chemistry, just they're just not finding it. I, I do want to hope the best for them. So I, I'm going to stay positive, and I'm going to say that they are going to uh, bounce back and see a revival. They play uh, Leipzig on Wednesday, so it'll be already, they do. already happened once this is hosted and then they play Wolves, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Leeds. So four games where they, they could definitely give up goals to I mean there's they're four attacking teams. Um, so it'll be a true test for that new defense that they've kind of been messing around with since the introduction introduction of uh, Kabak um, into that back line. So it would be interesting to see those next four games against teams that can go at defenses and, and attack and score to see if that uh, makeshift defense holds up. But I, I'm optimistic. I, I think that they kind of, just someone in that locker room rallies them up and they, they take on these teams uh, with their heads held high. And I, I think they get, uh, I'd say a minimum of nine points from those next four matches. All right. I, I like your confidence in the team. I tend to agree with you. However, I mean, we've been proven wrong many times already. Um, for the sake of the league itself and the competitiveness, I hope that they turn it around sometime soon because I think it's more exciting when multiple teams are doing well. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. But, Jake, when I speak of teams doing well, it makes me think of a specific one. Okay. Sitting currently in fifth place in the table with a game in hand on the team above being Chelsea. Do you have any idea what team I might be talking about? Um, Wolves. Think about it. Uh, no. Burnley. But the first letter was correct. Oh. Um, West Brom. Yes. 
Exactly. Wow. Setting in fifth place. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Jake, I'm talking about the Irons. Come on, you Irons oh, at West Ham. Right. Currently sitting in fifth place with some very difficult matches coming up, but a great string of results in their past few games. Sitting in fifth place, pushing on the top four. Jake, it begs the question, after beating Leeds, sure they lost to City, but beating Spurs, beating Sheffield, drawing Fulham, beating Villa in their last five, or six even, do you think West Ham can make a top four push? Well, Brent, they currently are in fifth. Uh, yeah, they're, they're two behind with the game in hand, like you said. Um, but Everton and Liverpool right there on their tails. So it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to take a lot from them, especially in these next couple of games. Like you mentioned, they, they have some tough matchups. They play uh, Manchester United, Arsenal, Wolves, and Leicester in the next four matches. So they're going to need to come away with a lot of points there um, to stave off uh, Everton and Tottenham, who are both in good form, uh, both taken nine points of their last uh, five matches. Um, but Brent, I, I think that they do have all the pieces, and I think they definitely could push for that top four, maybe. I, I don't see them uh, jumping over Chelsea, so it would take a Leicester collapse, in my opinion. But we could see the Hammers in Europe next season, if only it's Europa League, but still. Jake, I tend to agree with you, but I've said it before. I will say it again. I think Chelsea fans need to be careful of the Ole effect, as I'm as I'm labeling it, with a new coach coming in and a great run of performances and a great string of games, and that they won't last forever. They never do. Just look at Man City, and Man City have a far better team, in my opinion, than Chelsea, and a far better manager. Tuchel is a great coach. Pep Guardiola is a class above, I believe, but teams will lose eventually. When Ole came into United, things looked great. Everybody wanted him. PSG happened, and then after that, the team was very poor. Mm-hmm. I worry about the same thing happening to Chelsea. So I even think that a Leicester collapse and a possible Chelsea drop-off could be in play for the Irons as they make a top-four push. And I will note, their next five games, Manchester United away, Arsenal home, Wolves away, Leicester at home, Newcastle away. But if we extend... A few more and get to eight games. We have Chelsea at home, Burnley away, and Everton at home. So many of the top, theoretically, outside of Arsenal who are underperforming so far this season, at least in regards to the table, many of the top six competitors coming up in their next eight games, which I think will define their season and tell you whether or not they're actually eligible for Europe if they are a true European competitor. And... I'm excited to see what happens for them. I'm not sure what's going to happen to them, where normally I might make a prediction about how many points I think a team is going to get. I truly don't know what West Ham are going to do because they can be so hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Not even from game to game, but from half to half, the team that comes out looks very different. But, Jake, I'll tell you right now, and, and I know it's our next topic, but I think their key player for me, and it's not just because I'm a Manchester United fan, it's because of the impact he's had on the team since he's joined, is Jesse Lingard. Yeah, and I think you're definitely right there. Uh, Lingard looks like a, a new man out in the West Ham uniform. 
um, scoring what like six or four goals in six games or something crazy compared to his That's old exactly stats. That's exactly right. Um, and even though he missed that penalty, he had the composure to tuck it away after the rebound. And he just looked right. like he belongs in the first team on a Premier League side for the first time in uh, over a year, I'd say. No, I tend to agree with you. And I think I don't necessarily expect him to keep up this form, this level of production, because that's not realistic to ask of any player, unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo or Leo sure. Messi or <laughs> even Arling Holland or you know, but the point being... Uh, I, I think he is a key player. If he can keep this momentum going and keep the team pushing forward, his energy that he brings, if he can keep contributing goals, I almost had put Mikel Antonio, namely because I wanted him to do well for the fantasy influence that he had in our team previously before we switched him for Ollie Watkins. I, I think Jesse Lingard is the player to watch and the player that could take West Ham to the top. And, Jake, I have to ask if you agree or disagree or who you highlight to be their most important player going forward. Well, Brent, uh, I want to highlight two players. I do agree with you, but I want to highlight two other players uh, just so we can get a little variety, and that's uh, Socek and Cresswell, who, who both have really played... Okay huge roles in West Ham's uh, resurgence after a poor season last year in, you know, in their standards for sure. Um, yeah. Socek, he just looked very comfortable in the midfield, and the amount of goals he's been getting is kind of unprecedented. And uh, he just kind of seems like something they can build around in that midfield. Uh, but also Aaron Cresswell. I mean, he's making a case to be part of that English team going to the Euros this summer uh, with his performances out of the back. He, he's an assist machine right now, and he has a, he's sturdy in the back to go with that. So it, it's just a very well-rounded West Ham team that I'm, at least I'm not used to seeing. And I think um, with five them being in fifth, Everton sixth, Tottenham seventh, and Liverpool eighth, two of those teams aren't yeah. going to be guaranteed Europe. And usually you'd say Tottenham and Liverpool are favorites, but those they're the two on the outside looking in. And uh, it's, it's Everton and West Ham's position salutes. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the season, for sure. Jake, I absolutely agree with you. And it's funny about that because West Ham play this upcoming match week. And I know that you like to take the reins on this section these days. I was wondering if maybe you could introduce us to our Match Week 29 preview and get into our pickums. Brent, I can definitely do that. Um, starting on Friday, March 12th, at 3 p.m. Eastern. So you know how we love to start the weekend early with our games. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Newcastle versus Aston Villa, Brent. First off, I just want to say I cannot believe how late in the day that game is. The fact that it's 10 o'clock a.m. in Hawaii. I mean, I won't be in Hawaii anymore, but just the fact that it's 10, unbelievable to me. <laughs> However, Jake, in this game, I'm going to pick a Villa victory. Even though both teams aren't necessarily in great form, I'm going to pick a Villa victory. Yeah, um, Brent, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to be a clairvoyant and predict a Jack Grealish comeback from injury that game. And I think you're going to see the Aston Villa that we're kind of been used to the rest of the season um, when he's been in the squad and not the one we've seen of late with him injured. So I think we see an Aston Villa 2-0 or 2-1 victory. 
Jake, I really hope so. I'm, I mean, I'm crossing my fingers for that. Especially for our fantasy team. And, I mean, I, I can't oh, go yeah. another week we with him it. playing and not actually playing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving on, Brent. Uh, Saturday, March 13th, we have four games. First one being at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Leeds United versus Chelsea, and that's at Leeds. And, Jake, I'm going to give you a Hawaiian... Ooh. Hey, oh, yeah, that's that's an alarm bell. It sounded the it sounded the exact same as your uh, um, your uh, Continental Forty Eight. We you we you. Well, right. It's just the location's different, you know. Sure, sure. But I think Leeds are going to beat Chelsea in this game. Okay, Brent. I will say I that picked, is my surprise pick. I picked Leeds to beat West Ham last week, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty confident about this. I'm pretty confident that Leeds are not going to beat Chelsea. Um, and I think Chelsea is going to win that game. So I love that we are now starting to differ on these matches. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Leeds kind of have lost their, you know, potent offense, and it's more just yeah. you see that famine and the giveaways that they have in the midfield kind of hurt them. For so sure. I think I think Chelsea exploit that. But moving on, Brent. Right. At 10 a.m. Eastern, we have Crystal Palace against West Brom. And Brent, that's at Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Jake, I'm going to pick Crystal Palace to win this game. Okay. That is a pick, Brent. That is for sure a pick. Um, Thank you. I'm going to pick a draw. Okay. Yeah, I think West Brom, their defense has shown up the last two games. Sure, they lost 1-0 to Everton two games ago, but didn't concede last game and got a point. Offense yeah. seems to step up. I think it's going to be either 0-0 or 1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah. No, I could totally see that happening, but I think you're wrong. Okay. No, I appreciate you differing on this one. Uh, but moving on to noon 30 Eastern, Everton-Burnley, and that's at Goodison. Yeah, Jake, and I'm going to pick Everton to win this game. Okay, Brent. All I have to say to that is... Yeah, I'm going to have a Burnley victory in this game, Brent. And my player to watch is going to be Vidra. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. Very specific. I like it. Yeah, a little fun twist to this pick-em. You know know I love a twist more than anybody. A Shyamalan twist. (laughs) Exclusively. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it also helps uh, Tottenham if that happens, so that's why that's why I picked yeah. it. Um, but moving on to the last game on that day, Fulham versus Man City at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that's in London. I think City get back on track in this game. I'm picking a City victory, Jake. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it going any other way, Brent. Um, they lost that wing streak to Man uh, United, obviously, but I think they hop back on the horse. All right. Moving on to Sunday, March 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern, we have Southampton versus Brighton. And on the South Coast, which obviously doesn't clarify anything because both those teams are located in the South Coast, but it's at St. Mary's. Jake, I am going to give a fun fact, which I know you like. Mm-hmm. Brighton has never won a game in this series in the Premier League. It's always Southampton or a draw. Okay. And I'm going to pick a draw in this game. Brent, I'm going to agree with you. I think Brighton need a point from this match, or they're going to be in serious relegation worries, you know? They're, 
Oh, a level on points with Fulham with a game in hand. But if they don't pick up points here, they're they're susceptible to being overtaken by Fulham this week. I agree, and I hope the audience didn't hear it. I just had a hiccup, and I apologize. Oh. It's so embarrassing. Wow, that is super embarrassing. How dare you hiccup but on you this know, podcast? It's, it's not as embarrassing, Jake, as the fact that I almost forgot to give my player to watch in this game. That is embarrassing. Is James Ward-Prowse. I know that man. I've seen him on TV. Ew, how often yeah. have you met him? Oh, I, I've never met him, no. Oh, you yeah. just know of him. I know, rather. yeah. You don't sorry. know him, you know of him. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure that we're, we're getting the, the right information out to the listener. I'm just trying to name drop people I don't actually know. Right. No, I get that. <clears throat> but Brent, moving on at 10 a.m. Eastern, we have Leicester City versus Sheffield, and that's at the King Power. And Jake, I'm going to throw another fun fact because you know how much I love them. Leicester have won all three matchups in the Premier League of this fixture, and I think Leicester get a fourth victory in this game. Brent, I'm going to pick a Sheffield, or sorry, I'm going to pick a draw. I think Sheffield, Wow. they have a late resurgence at the end of the season. It's not going to be enough. They're still going to get relegated. But I, I think they're going to show a lot of positives, and they're going to win the championship next year um, handily. Okay. But uh, I think Leicester, you know, they're missing Barnes, missing a couple other people. I think they uh, they drop points here. All right. I like it. Uh, but, Brent, moving on to our match of the week. Um, at noon 30, we have the North London Derby of Arsenal and Tottenham, and that's at the Emirates. Give me Spurs or give me death. Patrick Henry. I love it. No, Brent Quinn. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah, no, it's you. But you will still love the pick, which is that I'm picking Spurs. Brent, I do love that pick. I do love that um, your reference of that Patrick Henry quote, which I yeah. dyed my hair in middle school to be a little oh. little auburn color because that's what Patrick Henry was, and I gave that speech in front of my entire school. You didn't that know is, that when you said that. Under, yeah. yeah. yeah no clue. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's badass. Uh, but Brent, I'm also <laughs> going to ride with my spurs, just like Paul Revere rode his horse to alert okay. the American army. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but moving on from our American Revolution references, we have Manchester United versus West Ham at 3.15 p.m. Eastern. Jake, I think this game has stalemate written all over it. I think it's going to be a draw. Okay. Um, as a Spurs fan, I think I, I think I want a draw or maybe a Manchester United victory because I don't think we're going to catch you I think guys. You would, I think so as well. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna lean towards a Man U victory. I, I think they, uh, they ride that high of beating Man City and and they take that into the game against West Ham. Okay. Uh, but moving on to our next match, which. Brent, if you thought that that Friday matchup was late, this Wolves-Liverpool game is at 4 p.m. Eastern. That is wild. On a Monday. Yeah, a Monday. The very same. Are you going to pick it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had more... uh maybe a diagnosis to give. You sometimes have to (laughs) spiel about a game or a fixture, but... Uh, Jake, I'm going to pick 
a draw in this game, and I really wanted to pick Liverpool, but I'm going to pick a draw. Okay, Brent. Um, I, I keep saying this. At least I have the last two or three match weeks. This is where Liverpool Liverpool turned it around, and uh, they, they beat Wolves here. Okay, I like it. But, Brent, before we move on from these picks, because that is the last one that we are picking this week, I'm going to give you a little, little Jake's Bets action, if, if you don't mind. Ooh, I love those, yeah. Um, I'm going to give a Brighton win or draw against Southampton, which we kind of both agree that Brighton need the points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I concur. You concur? And then I'm going to do a do straight... concur? <laughs> I should have concurred. <laughs> <laughs> um... Any who's and doozin. Um, yeah, please, reset. Go over the whole thing again. Um, so, yeah, Brighton win or draw. Parlay that with a straight win from Aston Villa against Newcastle, which we also both agreed on. We did. Um, put a fiver on that. You, uh, I wouldn't say, almost triple your money there. Wow, Jake, I love it when a plan comes together, and I like that plan. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. No, I thought you'd enjoy that. But Jake, mm-hmm. with your Jake's bet out of the way, we can get into our fantasy preview where please, we have please, no transfers please. to speak of. We have two built up, which is going to be three next week, but we're not making any changes. I think we're holding off on changes until we're back together and can really sure. talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, however, we do have some changes to the team. We have a McCarthy and goal against Brighton. We have Zhao Cancelo captained against Fulham. We then have... Ruben Diaz against Fulham, Bednarek against Brighton, Walker Peters against Brighton, Bruno Fernandez against West Ham, Son against Arsenal, Rashford against West Ham, Suchek against Manchester United, Ollie Watkins against Newcastle, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin against Burnley. And Jake, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Cancelo captain. Well, if they get a clean sheet, that turns into eight points. Plus, if Cancelo picks up an assist, if he does well, I think that's a safe pick. Yeah, no, but I, I was not going to disagree with you at all. Well, I wish you would have. Wow, okay. I like it when we fight. Really add some really ex- <laughs> really add some excitement for the listener. Uh, Brent, I'm just going to tell you one thing right now, and it's how tell sad I... Tell me one I, time, like how, Justin Bieber. Okay. It's how sad I am that we dropped Harry Kane. Oh my gosh, me too. Well, to be fair, we had no idea that the undetermined amount of time out would turn into just like three weeks sure know? no definitely it looked sad. bad and the fact they had 19 we can make some adjustments to get him back <laughs> last yeah last match week <laughs> jake we can make some adjustments to get him back it's just it's going to take some deliberation in person but that's why we'll have three transfers to use next week sure um but i will say if if we had kept him we would have the three highest point totals um, in the Premier League and Bruno, Kane, and Son uh, on our team. But uh, obviously we didn't. And, um, hey, alas. Bamford's up there. Bamford is uh, sixth overall. So, And Rashford's seventh. So we, we have a good team, Brent. It just They're not putting it together in the weeks that we need them to. No, for sure. And I'm hoping that they'll turn that around. Either way, you know... We can only pick so many players. We only have so much money to use. 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And we've improved our defense substantially, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was really a weak point for us before. So, so I think we're doing all right. We could certainly do better. But we'll get back in, in person starting tomorrow and be able to talk about it. Tomorrow being Wednesday, obviously. Sure. When this comes out, it'll be Thursday. So, Well, Brent, I just want to let the listener know that at this time next week, when the next podcast comes out, we're going to be a little rebranded. We're, we're going to have new microphones. We're going to have a mixer. We're going to have some new content on new platforms such as TikTok. And I want to mark Re- this... That's really the only one. Sure, sure. And I want to mark this as, uh, as the time that we, we turn this into um, a monumental podcast that's going to reach the skies. Have you heard of the GameStop Reddit thread so far, Jake? Because I have, Brent. Are we, not, are we going to the moon? Okay, well, <laughs> in the words of them, yes, we are going, in fact, to the moon. And I'm very excited about it. Let's not leave uh, AMC uh, out of that, which is uh, up well, 15% yeah, today. AMC, BlackBerry, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond, whatever. They're all coming back up. I mean, GameStop's back at 250 today as of, as of Bu- Tuesday. Build-A-Bear so. Workshop up to uh, 750 <laughs> That's absolutely massive. That's I wonder what Dogecoin's at. Uh, it's at point six, uh, just about zero six. Sorry. Hey, dude, that's that's absolutely massive. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, Brent, we're we're in gonna fact, be on good par. Good for us. Good, great for us. Are <laughs> investing in these uh, great companies that are definitely Ooh, not. Jake, you're you're actually I I hate to say it, you're actually wrong. Dogecoin's actually five cents a share right now. I thought it was five eight uh, when I checked earlier today. I've got point. Zero five five three. Ooh, that's not good for us, Brent. No, it's bad for us. It is, in fact, bad for us. Well, I mean, plenty of time for it to reach the moon, and uh, I hope oh, it's that for we sure. are along for the ride. I also hope that the listener is along for the ride. Um, but, you know, the next step of that is listen to us next week when we're back on a Thursday. Oh, right. When we're back for the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being a variety of things. Lederhosen, uh, pajamas, yep. uh, swim trunks, yep. and hula skirts. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of all of those things. In fact, catch me next time wearing all of those things at the same time. I don't own them. I won't be wearing them, but just picture me wearing them. Well, Brent, I will picture you wearing all of them and nothing, and we are an inclusive pro- podcast, so that's why we allow our dress code <laughs> to be all those things. Right, no, I completely agree, and I'm a big fan of that. And Jake, uh, in the interim, I only have 12 hours left in Hawaii. I'm going to enjoy them. Brent, please enjoy them. Um, I have just one last sip of my seltzer left. I'm going to pour it it. out. Say it, baby. I'm going to pour it out in the memory of Pepe Le Pew, who got canceled this week. Um, But that's it for us here at uh, PLMPJs. Anything else, Brent? Uh, Just... We'll see you next week with better sound systems, maybe some videos. Ooh, that sounds nice. Bye.